Good morning, church. Good morning, uh, visitors. And uh, Good Friday. This day in history marks a day of pain for our Lord Jesus Christ. He suffered physical pain. He was beaten. He was hung on the cross. He was crucified. He suffered emotional pain. There were insults hurled at him. They spat at him. Humiliation and mockery. He also suffered spiritual pain. If you've read the Gospels, you will read about the Eloi, Eloi, Lamak, Thabak, Shani. My Lord, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It was spiritual pain because on that particular moment, Jesus had my sin, your sin, on him. And he felt because of that, his father would not look at him. We have read so much about that, and we know. But I want to take us back to a few moments before he faced the cross. What did Jesus do? Let's pray. God, our Father, thank you for bringing us here today and for those who will hear your word through the internet. May our hearts be moved. May our ears be opened. May we be blessed May we be taught. Be thou glorified. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Mark chapter 14. If you have your Bibles, or you go online. Mark 14. I want to read from verses 32 to 49. Mark 14. Verses 32 to 49. Then they came to a place which was named Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is extremely sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch. He went a little farther and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, 
not what I will, but what you will. Then he came and found them sleeping and said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again he went away and prayed and spoke the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy and they did not know what to answer him. Then he came to the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? It is enough. The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And immediately while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now his betrayer had given them a signal, saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one, seize him and lead him away safely. As soon as he had come, immediately he went up to Jesus and said to him, Rabbi, Rabbi, and kissed him. Then they laid their hands on him and took him. And one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck his servant of a high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus answered and said to them, Have you come out as against a robber with a sword and clubs and take me? I was daily with you in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But the scripture must be fulfilled. In verse 50, then they all forsook him and fled. So before Jesus went to the cross, he did two things I want to talk about this morning. Before he faced his darkest hour, Jesus firstly rallied his friends and family around him. He rallied people whom he believed and assumed would provide support and care for him. He says he brought his disciples to this garden, Gethsemane. In his greatest need, Jesus turned to others for support. And for him, it was the disciples. The people he has been with for three good years and he needed them at a very critical moment of his life. For you and I today in the church, it can be blood family, it can be people we worship with, it can be people who have survived certain other darkest moments in their lives. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, Paul admonishes us, bear one another's burdens. 
thereby fulfilling the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? It's to help one another. Be there for each other. Jesus recognized the importance of friends being around him at a time when he was going to face his darkest hour. So he rallied people that he knew would love and support him. But I want you to know that like Jesus, he knew that people are weak, People can disappoint, people can fail, and people can desert you. When the going gets tough, there are people whom you think are your best friends or are your closest family members, they can turn their back away from you. They can leave you alone in your sorrow, in your burdened hour. It's happened to me. I'm sure it has happened to you. If not, it will happen to you. You take up the phone and you call them and they don't even answer. If they answer, they'll say, oh, I'm so busy, sorry to hear, but you know, we got a place to go, we got things to do, we got that to do. Jesus brought his friends in this garden, hoping to get their support. What did he find? Three times he came back and they were sleeping. He didn't say that, but I'm sure some of them were snoring. (laughs) People will fail us. In fact, in verse 50 of chapter 14, it says, They all left. They deserted. These are people Jesus counted upon in his darkest hour. But they fled. They deserted. So, what did Jesus do next? He reached out to the ever-present God, his Father. He reached out to God. And he's reaching out, and he's reaching out. He prayed. I want us to notice particularly aspects of his prayer. First, he affirmed the power of his Father. I know all things are possible with you. I know. But as your son, in this human body, this is heavy for me. This is tough. You know, if you're in America, you say, this sucks, God. (laughs) This sucks. I am going to be crucified. Even though I came for this, it sucks. Now, this is Jesus talking to his father. I want you to notice that in his prayer, Jesus did not use fancy language. 
He did not use deep theological terms. He did not sugarcoat. He expressed to God how and what he was feeling at that moment. Friends, as Christians, you hear in today's language the Joel Austins who preach to you and say, you know, don't say this is bad, this is heavy for me. Don't say that. Just be grateful to God. Just read Jesus. He had told his disciples first that he feels sorrowful in his heart to the point of death. It was no plaything. It was no positive thinking here. He was being honest to God, his Father. And what an example. When we come praying to God in our darkest hour, let us tell him exactly how we feel. If you're burdened, let him know. If you're sorrowful at heart, let him know. He's your father. He's my father. Just watch a three-year-old come to his dad or his, her mom. They don't feel shy to say what they need. They don't. They just speak it out. As God's children, when we are in our darkest need, we need to tell God as it is. No deep theological thinking, no, no, no terms. Just say, Lord, I am troubled. Lord, I am hurting. Lord, everybody has gone. They have forsaken me. I am alone in this dungeon. Help me. Jesus, simple words, Abba, Father. It is never a lack of faith or disrespect when we tell God honestly how things are going with us. You just need to read the Psalms. David, Job, he told God, you know, cost is the day that I was born, that I'm suffering like this. Yeah. He was being honest. He was being honest. But after expressing that honesty to God, his father, Jesus, offered his trust to him. I know all things are possible to you. I know you can do all things, he says. I don't want this to happen to me. But not my will. Let your will be done. Hallelujah. Let your will be done. He offered his trust in the care of his father. Who has the power to carry him through that darkest moment? Paul experienced great suffering. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, after battling all that he battled with, he said, God spoke to me and said, in chapter 12, verse 9, my grace 
is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. So not only are we required in our darkest hour to come to God, to talk to God, but we must also surrender to his power because he alone has the power to take us through the suffering, those hours. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. That's God's promise to you. That's God's promise to me. Other people will go away. But God will still be there. And his grace will be there. Friends, before Jesus faced the cross, he rallied his friends. He relied on God. When you and I go through our darkest days, our darkest moments in life, let us remember that God is there. Our friends can be there, but let us remember that the strongest arm, the strongest power above the friends, the family, the resources around us is God our Father. One thing you can be rest assured about Jesus, unlike any other religious leader or powerful person, he knows what pain is all about because he has been through it. He has seen it. That's why in Hebrews chapter 4, 12 through 16, we are told, we do not have any priest, high priest, that has not gone through the things we go through. He was tempted like we are. He has gone through the things that you and I go through. You're feeling hungry? He was hungry. Feeling thirsty? He was thirsty. Feeling abandoned? He was abandoned. Feeling mocked? He was mocked. So when we come to him and pray, we're talking to someone who knows what it feels. You know, when I studied in seminary, I did counseling for my master's, and one of the things they told us, I'll never forget that in my counseling class, when people come to you and say, I know what you're going through, they really don't know. They may have experienced something like what you're going through, but they really don't know. And we shouldn't be telling people that when they're suffering. I, I really know what you're going to know. The only person that knows best is that person and God. So when we come to Jesus and hear him say, Daughter, son, I know. I've been there. And we can walk through this together. Hallelujah. We can walk through this together. And you better believe that he will be there 
for you and for me. Amen? When you come to a darkest hour, you can rely on friends, rally friends around you, but you can be sure to rely on God, the ever-present, ever-powerful God. And Jesus did. And thank God. It all worked well. And Sunday, we will be saying, Hallelujah. He is risen indeed. Let us pray. Lord, we come to you today. Remember your suffering. Many of us in this room and the world wide web may be going through darkest moments in our lives. Loss of job, lots of health, loss of opportunity, lost friends, family members. Lord, you know, and we come to you saying, help us, help us, hear us, and heal us. Thank you, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen.